Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Alarmy. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of Guest Alarmist, where I step aside and let a guest walk us through a personal tragedy, and together the Alarmist crew figures out who's to blame. This month, comedian and writer Jessica Eason tells us about her New York City no underwear extravaganza disaster. I mean, I, I, I just said it, but I feel like sex in the city. I yes. think it steered me wrong. I think wow. it made me think that I could have sex all the time. And we all lived in the same Manhattan. But they didn't live in the improv comedy world. There's no episodes of them with a bunch of nerdy white dudes. <laughs> no. I would love to see that episode <laughs> where Samantha. I mean, that's a missed opportunity on their part where Samantha starts yes. taking an improv class. And oh, suddenly yes. No one wants to have like have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> or they all do and she's like in a sea of comedy nerds yeah and she suddenly loses her libido she's like i don't want to have sex i don't know it's really weird <laughs> oh my god they break her go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today now on to our episode i was born with a special gift the ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. 
And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the death of Cleopatra VII. Here's what you need to know. Cleopatra VII was born in early 69 or late 70 BC in Alexandria, Egypt, one of the largest and most culturally diverse cities in the world at the time. She was the daughter of Ptolemy XII, ruler of Egypt and descendant of the Ptolemaic dynasty, a ruling family of almost three centuries since the fall of Alexander the Great. Ptolemaic Egypt was defined by its rural centers, agricultural development, investment in education, and partnership with Rome. In 51 BC, when she was just 18 years old, Cleopatra became co-ruler with her younger brother, Ptolemy XIII. Their partnership didn't last very long, however, and the siblings soon became bitter rivals. In 48 BC, two of her brother's advisors, Pothinos and her sister Arsinoe, orchestrated a coup against Cleopatra, and she was forced to flee Egypt to Syria. While in exile, she found out Julius Caesar, who was then an ambitious Roman general, was going to Alexandria, so she snuck back to her home city to try to form an alliance with him. The story goes that she wrapped herself in a carpet, snuck into his dwelling, and seduced the older general. In doing so, she convinced him to support her in her power struggle. The romance was politically advantageous for both parties, and with Julius Caesar's help, Cleopatra was restored to the throne in 47 BC. Her position was fortified when her brother, Ptolemy XIII, drowned in the Nile while retreating from Caesar's troops. Cleopatra was believed to have had one child with Caesar, and the relationship lasted until Caesar was assassinated in 44 BC. She then sought a new ally from the Roman ranks and formed an alliance with Mark Antony, one of the three joint rulers, or the second triumvirate of the Roman Empire. Cleopatra and Antony were infatuated with each other, and Antony especially was enamored with the reputed excesses of Cleopatra's Egyptian lifestyle. They had three children together. But the honeymoon didn't last, and Cleopatra's relationship with Antony caused a rift between him and his co-ruler Octavian, who was Julius Caesar's adopted son. The tensions culminated in the bloody Battle of Actium in 31 BC. Octavian and his troops were victorious over Mark Antony at Actium, and Antony and Cleopatra were forced to flee to Alexandria. They were pursued by Octavian, and Cleopatra withdrew to her tomb with her closest attendants. According to the history books, Cleopatra sent a letter to Antony that she had ended her life. Upon seeing the message, Antony killed himself by stabbing a sword into his stomach. Cleopatra, facing the loss of her love and the imminent fall of her empire, was also prepared to take her own life. But before she could, she was stopped by envoys of Octavian. 
He wanted to parade her back to Rome as a symbol of his triumph. Cleopatra decided that she couldn't allow herself to be disgraced in this way by Octavian. Although the real cause of her death is not known, legend has it that she died by suicide by allowing herself to get bitten by a poisonous asp smuggled to her by her servants. Fun Facts aka Death Stats Cleopatra ruled Egypt from 51 to 30 BC. To this day, no one knows for certain how Cleopatra died. She died at the age of 39. The location of Cleopatra's tomb remains unknown. Cleopatra's death marked the end of the Hellenistic period and Ptolemaic rule of Egypt, and the beginning of Roman Egypt. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Allison Raskin. Hi, Allison. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. We're excited to have you. And just so our listeners know, Allison is the co-host of the podcast Just Between Us, and she's also the author of Overthinking About You. Allison, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your book? Yeah. So uh, the subtitle is Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression. Mm. But um, I swear it's more fun than it sounds. (laughs) 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 It's basically like a a toolkit slash memoir about like the intersection between mental health and romantic relationships and how we can kind of get better at that, (laughs) even if we, you know, struggle with our mental health. I love it. I mean, this is right up our listener's alley. I mean, right? we can all <laughs> relate. <laughs> now, d- you uh, have just re- or recently finished school. Is that correct? Yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Very recently. Congrats. <laughs> yes. Congrats. Thank you. I just wrapped up a master's in psychology. And uh, I swear to never go back to school ever again. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, Maybe this will tie in then somehow. Uh, But we like to start off our show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Oh, my God. So many things. Um, I so I'm getting married in like two and a half weeks. Mm, oh my whoa. god! <laughs> it's a big month. Um, a big month. <laughs> this is probably going to be coming stretch. out like on your wedding day. Or that's <laughs> <laughs> true. But uh, there's a big COVID wave again, and oh, so yeah. I'm very worried that everyone is going to get sick and not be able to go. And I've been masking this whole time. Like I never stopped masking, but. The same cannot be said for my friends and family. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sending news articles. I'm, I'm making a stig try to protect us all before the event. <laughs> yes, at least like on the plane ride to the wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people are coming from out of town or, yeah. you know. Another approach you could do is to make sure all the key players in the wedding do get COVID. That way it's just a COVID wedding and nobody's worried (laughs) about transmission because they have it already. (laughs) Have you thought about that? Oh, You know, we'll agree to disagree on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's not like chicken pox and children, right? You kind of just want to avoid it as much as you can. Mm -hmm. You can't also be like, everyone hurry up and get COVID now so that in two and a half weeks we'll be COVID free. It's your day. Hey, Allison, I'll let you make the call, but I'm here if you need advice. Thank you. I have actually, I have not had COVID yet. Oh, wow. 
Really? I think we yes. I, I really few. love to lean into the idea that we're super dodgers, even though I mean, probably I, not. But it feels empowered. Very paranoid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or just anxious, perhaps? <laughs> um, I'm trying to transition. And you know who was married twice? Cleopatra. Mm. Ooh, that yes. was a good one. She yes. knows a wedding. She's had a few in she, her day. Yeah. I, are you by any chance marrying your brother? Because she was. <laughs> she did twice. <laughs> Not this time. So good. Okay. Maybe oh, the second. Okay, yeah, okay. Maybe the next one. So, I mean, what a life Cleopatra had. I feel like we know her. I don't know. I've never seen any of the Cleopatra movies. Have you guys? The no. Elizabeth Taylor, or Only like the we, we must have we missed the Cleopatra wave. I feel like she was really hot in the sixties and seventies. She's due for a renaissance for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a Netflix show that just came out recently, but I haven't watched it. I think it was like the eyeliner really went with like the seventies look. <laughs> maybe. Yes. And the old point. Hollywood big budget film. I mean, that was like one of the most expensive films I think made, right? The Cleopatra with was Elizabeth it? Taylor. Yeah. I mean, one. look, she's been she's been a hot topic for centuries. Sure. <laughs> we got Shakespeare talking about her. Compelling we got all figure. the <laughs> a ton of greats. No one can stop talking about it. everyone's obsessed with her personal life. You know, how many lovers did she have? But we're going to kind of dive in and maybe hopefully see Cleopatra in a different way. The question is, do we want to start off by blaming her, you know, what liter- how she literally died? Or do we want to kind of dive into the culprits that kind of got her to that place where she might have decided to commit suicide? Right. I, I want to blame the culprits. Let's go yeah, with culprits let's first. Go culprits I love for it. Sure. And I will say the it's encouraged to say died by suicide. Yeah. Died by um, suicide. Thank you so much. No problem. I gotta use um, that degree. So Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fresh. <laughs> um, so we are going to start off by putting family drama up on the board. Love it. And like many royal houses of the time, members of the Ptolemaic dynasty often married within the family to preserve the purity of their bloodline. More than a dozen of Cleopatra's ancestors tied the knot with cousins or siblings, and it's possible that her own parents were brother and sister. In keeping with the custom, Cleopatra eventually married both of her adolescent brothers, each of whom served as her ceremonial spouse and co-regent at different times during her reign. So... Cleopatra's father, Ptolemy the Twelfth. It's gonna get confusing, everyone. Brace yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone is names. is named Ptolemy and everyone is named Cleopatra. <laughs> I'm already a little lost, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Perfect. You're <laughs> in the right your place. <laughs> so Ptolemy the Twelfth was an illegitimate son that was put as king because the infighting that had gone before him had pretty much wiped out his entire family. So they, it was very common to kill your parents and siblings and okay. children even. Uh-oh. And then take the throne? And take the throne. So very it's like Game if Jon Snow had taken the throne at the beginning of Game of Thrones. Right. Yes. 
Exactly. Spoiler alert. That's good. Exactly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't even I haven't even watched the show really. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm misrepresenting myself. <laughs> but it's very Game of Thrones, and yes, you're right. Um, so because they had already killed, they were like, we're 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 left with no one, so we need a, a, a new king. He's put in the throne. He's not very popular. He's eventually forced into exile. He comes back. Cleopatra's older sister, who had, I believe, in the interim, been taken up, you know, queen status, is killed. She's executed. Oh, no. Cleopatra then is 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 kind of like made her father's protege. And when her dad dies a few years later, she's made co-ruler with her eldest brother. She's 18. He's 12. They're married. Oh, no. Jeez. Yes. Children. That's Children. Uh, Although that I guess like back a... in that day, they were like middle-aged at that age, right? <laughs> That's true. Just, yeah. like, you're old. <laughs> it's true. Wait, how do you uh, all feel about co-rulers? Do you think that's a good idea? Good question. Siblings? Especially with a sibling, it's a bad idea. <laughs> that <laughs> age, yeah. I mean, I, I, yes, think about being 12 and 18 and if you're 18, huge, having yeah. to like listen to a 12 year old as your co-ruler. But co-rulers in general, I mean, look, Paul and John worked it out for the Beatles for a, 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 over a decade. They 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 were sort of co-rulers. They weren't brother and sister, brother and brother, though. They yeah, no, brothers. Allison just asked about co-rulers oh, oh, in oh. general. So I was sort of, you know. Although they did I, stop speaking, right? And, and then mm -hmm. died, that didn't end well. Died before they reconciled. So tragic. That's true. Spoiler yeah, alert. <laughs> Do you have feelings about co-rulers in general? Do you think there should be a hierarchical one person head chef? Because when, head when, chef. when yeah. Rebecca and I cook together, we always like to call one of us the head chef. So, you know, the meal basically the sous chef. it's on their shoulders, right? Yeah. Like if if it's a terrible meal, it's it's my fault. It's usually my fault. <laughs> Do you two alternate uh, who's yes. the head chef? Yes. You got to oh. alternate. Yeah. So I like that approach. I think that's lovely. I think it's very temperament based. Mm. I think some people work well as co-rulers. I love, you know, a balance of power. And some people, it, they'll just be out to get each other. Mm. And this yes. was the latter. This, was, this yeah. situation was definitely the latter. Uh, power grabs and murder plots were as much a Ptolemaic tradition as family marriage. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And Cleopatra and her brothers and sisters were no different. Her first sibling husband, Ptolemy XIII, ran her out of Egypt after she tried to take sole possession of the throne. And mm. the pair later faced off in a civil war. Cleopatra regained the upper hand by teaming with Julius Caesar. And Ptolemy drowned in the Nile River after being defeated in battle. Following the war, Cleopatra remarried to her younger brother, Ptolemy the 14th, but she is believed to have had uh, him murdered in a bid to make her son her co-ruler. So huge. I guess she was big on co-rulers <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> in 41 BC, she also engineered the execution of her sister Arsino Arsinoe, who uh, she considered a rival at the mm. throne. So she killed most of her siblings. Two things I want to say. One, mm -hmm. no wonder if Shakespeare loved this. It's like, it's just juicy. A, 
literal drama. Like you can pull so much from it. And second, I feel like there's so much about like power and like power hungry that, that we should put that on the board. I love it. Power hungry, mm. hungry, the hunger for power yeah. or the, do you think that like murdering was just different back then? Right. Mm. <laughs> like now if like somebody murders somebody, you're like, Oh, that's probably not a good person. But do you think yeah. like back then it was just like normal? I don't know if it, I, I don't here. I, I have nothing to base this on. Let me just start <laughs> off by saying this. <laughs> My feeling though, is that you would personally be like, that's a bad person. I don't really want to hang out with you, mm -hmm. but in society, it would still be acceptable to be amongst them. Right. Like it was socially acceptable to murder in a way yeah. that hopefully it's not now in most social, right. social sort circles. of like being like a vegetarian or something like today. It's mm. like, oh, he's like a murderer. It's 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 a little weird, but like, I don't want to cool. have dinner with them. Wow. <laughs> As a vegetarian, <laughs> I know. shots fired. <laughs> That's really not true, but <laughs> also no, I would say it's a good probably, metaphor. <laughs> probably has a lot to do with them being royalty are people you know they are the people in power so the rules don't apply the same i'm sure they were executing yeah. people left and right for doing petty crimes but right. they were the rulers so they could do whatever they want okay again i have no idea what i'm talking about but i'm just going to say that <laughs> <laughs> this is a good group this i can tell <laughs> that's it that's a good one we'll pass that along to our uh our guest expert. We have a mm -hmm. guest expert after every episode, and we we always run things by that come up in the episode. So we'll run that by them. Yes. Ooh. Now, our I, I feel like we have to before we go any further, we do have to put Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony up on the board. Okay. Anthony. Ant. Uh, it, it's Anthony, right? Mark Anthony. It's confusing because it's I'm not a huge Mark, An yeah. Mark Anthony fan. Right. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't think it's him. I think he would have been too young. Yes. I, it's a different person. Now, Cleopatra, this is from thoughtco.com. Cleopatra is best known for her relations with leading Romans, Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony, Antony, and the manner of her death. By the time of Ptolemy XII, Egypt was very much under Roman control and obligated financially to Rome. The story is told that Cleopatra arranged to meet the great Roman leader Julius Caesar by being rolled into a carpet, which was presented to Caesar as a gift. Very From, sexy. It is. I mean, and agile. If you can mm -hmm. imagine, <laughs> someone had to carry her in. Right. He thought he was just getting a new rug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just worried about wondering about the logistics of that. I mean, how I do you move around? Were carpets different back then? Probably. <laughs> I anyway. think that people should do this more than jumping out of a cake. Mm. Right? Good cake call. is like messy. I feel like just a big rollout and someone's in a carpet. People will love that. Maybe that's yeah. how you should go down the aisle at your wedding. It's just, <gasps> you should, they should unroll a giant rug and there you are at the end. Oh my God, Allison. <laughs> yes. Honestly, don't tempt me. <laughs> this whole process is just me been wanting to do goofs and everyone around sure. me being like, no. no. <laughs> don't do that. Save it for the reception. <laughs> uh, well, um, so some people say it's, it, this might not be totally accurate. The carpet story might not be accurate. It might have been like in a sack or in <laughs> some cloth, but it's good for know, Hollywood, it's way though. Sexier, yeah, yeah. And and honestly, that's this. This is predates Hollywood. They came sure. up with this sexy story even before uh, <laughs> Hollywood got their hands on it. <laughs> um, 
Uh, so, it, okay, so she's uh, from from the self present from her self presentation. However, much uh, much it may be a, a fiction, Cleopatra and Caesar had a relationship that was part political and part sexual. Cleopatra presented Caesar with a male heir, although Caesar didn't see the boy as such. Caesar took Cleopatra to Rome with him, and when he was killed in the Ides of uh, of March uh, in forty four BC, mm-hmm. it was time for Cleopatra to return home. So this is interesting. Cleopatra was in Rome when Caesar was killed. And they yeah. let her go? She escaped somehow. She was like, uh, I got to go. This is not looking yeah. good for me. Hmm. But you're right. I'm surprised they let her go. I mean, she's a queen. But she was but allied with the guy they were murdering. True. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Seems, yep. seems like maybe she was in on it. I have no idea. Mm, <laughs> wow. Ooh. That's a big accusation. Wow. That is juicy. I like that. <laughs> we'll have to ask our expert. We'll say, maybe she uh, put a mark well, on her back, right? Maybe that can be on the board, like because she was allied with this guy and she escaped. She had a mark on her back. I mean, although I don't know. So, we're going to get to the bottom with an expert uh, uh, to the bottom of this with an expert. Um, but my understanding is that Rome had a lot of power in Egypt. Mm-hmm. So Egypt was like very much controlled by Rome at this time. So th- there was an alliance. The Romans did not like the Egyptians meddling in their politics but the egyptians were okay with the romans i guess uh much of a choice i guess they didn't yeah well maybe this will clarify things this is from history.com with the assassination of roman dictator julius caesar in 44 bc rome fell into civil war to end the fighting a coalition the second triumvirate was formed by three of the strongest belligerents the triumvirate was made up of Octavian. Let's remember that name. He's Caesar's great nephew and chosen heir. Okay. Mm. Mark Antony, a powerful general, and Lepidus, a Roman statesman. The empire was divided among the three, and Antony took up the administration of the eastern provinces. Upon arriving in Asia Minor, he summoned Queen Cleopatra to answer charges that she had aided his enemies. Cleopatra sought to seduce Antony as she had Caesar before him and in 41 BC arrived at Tarsus on a magnificent river barge dressed as Venus, the Roman goddess of love. Mm. Six, yes. So she she really, she worked She's it. got like I love such this. flair. Yeah, she's got yeah. such pageantry around her. Sounds really fun. <laughs> she's like a... Um, uh, an incredible like uh, political ambassador, you know? Mm-hmm. She's... Um, High, high uh, social IQ. Success in her effort, successful in her efforts, Antony returned with her to Alexandria, back to her, you know, her palace, her home, mm-hmm. where they spent the winter in debauchery. Mm, you know what that means. <laughs> they uh, apparently Mark Antony was a, a real partier. He loved to drink. He loved to party. Right and. Some people's, you know, you could say that the two of them, it just maybe they, uh, their interests aligned and she also liked to wine and dine and party. <laughs> or you could say that as a, uh, you know, someone who has a very social, a high, I, uh, socially high IQ, um, 
she saw that that's what he liked to do. And she's like, sure, you can party in Alexandria. Let me host mm-hmm. you, you know, let me seduce Securing you in that future. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good when your partner uh, and the the vibes are good. You know what I mean? With your <laughs> yeah. It feels like the vibes were very good. Like I just imagined them kind yeah. of meeting each other for the first time. I mean, for, for the Julius Caesar relationship, it felt more like she needed an ally because yeah. she mm-hmm. was in exile. But for this one, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty with Rome and she doesn't know where he's going to land. But it also feels like they just hit it off. Yes. It's possible. It sounds yes. more like a true love story yeah. than just a political partnership. Yeah. Well, let's remember Caesar was, I believe, fifth in his 50s when they met. Mm. And she was maybe 20, 20. Yeah. It was right. after she took the throne at 18. And Antony was, was closer in age to, to her. Yeah. He was older still, but uh, a little closer. Um, okay. In 40 BC, Antony returned to Rome and married Octavian's sister. Oh. That's his co-ruler, his sister. Oh, that's dramatic. Very dramatic. Octavia, in an effort to mend... uh, So he marries her, Octavia. That's even more confusing. (laughs) 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 But we get it here. Uh, So he marries her in an effort to mend his increasingly strained relationship with Octavian. The triumvirate, however, continued to deteriorate. In 37 BC, Antony separated from Octavia and traveled to the east, arranging for Cleopatra to join him in Syria. In their time apart, Cleopatra had borne him twins, a mm. son and a daughter. According to Octavian's uh, propagandists, the lovers were then married, which violated the Roman law restricting Romans from marrying foreigners. Hmm. Oh. So there are all I think that I'm pretty sure they're both married in their own right. She's married to her brother and he's married to his co-ruler sister. And then they just kind of like either have us. I, I don't I don't know if it's an official ceremony, but it's a little like and, uh, Montague and Capulet not being able to marry each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's funny that it, the issue is not the double marriage, but that <laughs> she's a foreigner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to be like, polygamy is outlawed. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we just hate foreigners. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Although we control the area where she's from. So isn't that right. right, 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 right. That is confusing. So Antony's disastrous military campaign against Parthia in 36 BC further reduced his prestige. But in 34 BC, he was more successful against Armenia to celebrate the victory. And this was a big deal. Celebrate the victory. He staged a triumphant procession through the streets of Alexandria in which Antony and Cleopatra sat on golden thrones and their children were given imposing royal titles. Many in Rome spurred, uh, spurred on by Octavian interpreted the spectacle as a sign that Antony intended to deliver the Roman empire into alien hands. Mm. Interesting. You know, I'm wondering what you guys think about this, but it feels like Antony, in terms of Roman soldiers, was more interested in the party after the war than he was <laughs> in the like winning the war itself. Well, he loves a party. That's what I'm saying. So, so, so I do guess, we put like, that on the board somehow? How do we put that on the board or articulate that? I mean, I don't know. Too how much that pomp and circumstance? I think like the party lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you uh, think, Allison? 
or like uh, uh, bad priorities, perhaps. Yeah. Not focusing Not- on the right on on the dangers at hand. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and just, yeah. Cause if you love the parting lifestyle, it might lead you to forget to do that. Right. right. You might right. have a little too much. You're all constantly hung over. Um, yeah. Maybe it's just hangovers, <laughs> but let's blame hangovers. Oh yeah. <sighs> Cause I hate waking up with a hangover. You can't make you a, 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 a good decision when you're hungover. Yeah. No, you really can't. If they're partying all the time. That's yeah. That's going to make life difficult. Do you ever try to get him drunk so in the morning you can get him to agree to something he normally wouldn't? Mm, Chris, that's your warning right there. She has. Now that's a good idea. <laughs> there's, there's um, so many memories are flashing through my mind. Yeah. Huge decisions yeah. that I've made during while well, I've been hungover. Um, we have to put, oh, there's guys, there's so much we have to put up on the board. Let's keep it rocking. We've got listener suggestions. The Roman Empire. That's from Sarah Murray 99. Yeah, that's a biggie just because there was so much instability over there. There was they were so ambitious and they had their hands up and all up in They're definitely in insecure at this moment. Super. Their insecurities maybe we call it. The Roman Empire's insecurities. And uh, at Kelly Shadow, she said uh, men's inability to respect women rulers in their own right. Yeah, because that's what I'm wondering mm. about, like, the dual leadership, if it was because, like, a woman couldn't do it by herself. Oh, well, I'm sure it's part of it. I'm sure it is. I do think that at that time there were more queens. It was uh, perhaps their idea of women was not as bad as it got. It might have been better to be a woman at that time than it was to be anywhere between like that time and 1980. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, we, then we could get our own credit cards and things yeah. started yes, exactly. turning around. That's and where that's I'm when basing it started it on. to turn around. Yeah. <laughs> um, ba- okay, we got to talk about the Battle of Actium. Huge turning point in this, in her life and in their relationship. Uh, this again is from history.com. After several more years of tension and propaganda attacks, Octavian declared war against Cleopatra and therefore Antony in 31 BC. Enemies of Octavian rallied to Antony's side, but Octavian's brilliant military commanders gained early successes against his forces. In September 2nd, 31 BC, their fleets clashed at Actium in Greece. After heavy fighting, Cleopatra broke from the engagement and set course for Egypt with 60 of her ships. Antony then broke through the enemy line and followed her. This disheartened fleet that remains uh, that remained surrendered to Octavian. One week later, Antony's la- Antony's land forces surrendered. Oh, wow. So he really did. Bounce. So they lost. That was bad. Although they had suffered a decisive defeat, it was nearly a year before Octavian reached Alexandria. Because remember, no planes, trains. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Took, took a while. Uh, so Octavian finally gets to Alexandria uh, and again defeats uh, Antony. In the aftermath of the battle, Cleopatra took refuge in the mausoleum she had, had built for herself. Antony informed that Cleopatra was dead, stabbed himself with his sword. Oh. Very intense and dramatic. Before he died. And it leads to the real love story element of it. Right. But, well, that's one take. 
It's but very Romeo and Juliet, too. Yeah. <laughs> you and Shakespeare love it, and I love it for you. <laughs> you're about to get married, so your your head is up in the romance. I'm a romantic uh, you when know. it comes to war. Mm. <laughs> Focus on the positive. Um, so he, Antony was carried to Cleop- Cleopatra's retreat where he died after bidding her to make her peace with Octavian. When the triumphant Roman arrived, she attempted to seduce him, but he resisted her charms. Rather than fall under Octavian's domination, Cleopatra died by suicide. It says here committed suicide, but uh, we have learned that mm-hmm. we say it differently. So the reason why you say it differently is that saying committed makes it sound like it was a crime. And so we don't want to like criminalize oh. suicide. And mm-hmm. so once I yes. understood that, then I was like, oh, I get it. And it became a lot easier to change the language use. I love that. I love that. Thank, Thank you. you. Of course. So what leads them. So one, one take here is that it was romantic. They couldn't live without each other. Right. Another take is perhaps that Antony knew that the end was near. Right. He was going to be killed by Octavian Mm -hmm. and we'll read later to um to die by suicide was kind of known as or considered to be one of the bravest things that you could do at the time and so instead of giving himself over to Octavian he literally I'm pretty sure he fell on his sword and I I think I don't know if that's where that phrase comes from uh to fall Mm. on your sword but Mm. he did fall on his sword he he begged one of his uh, guards to do it for him. And they, the guard um, killed himself before killing Mark Antony. Hmm. Oh, wait, that's very dramatic. Yes. Yeah. That's a, wait, that's impossible. No, no. He like, he, he was like, oh, I'm oh, not, oh, oh. not going to kill you. Mark. Oh, oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. No, no, he didn't do it. Okay. Um, and then uh, Cleopatra, then tries to seduce Octavian. It doesn't work. Cleopatra then decides um, that 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 that's what she's going to do. It's maybe perhaps because uh, otherwise Octavian was going to parade her around Rome, and that would have really been you know terrible mm-hmm. for for her PR staff. You like know. parade her as <laughs> a prisoner, campaign. as like a yes. captive. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so right. the, Again, what they used to do, what what you saw in Game of Thrones, they actually used to do. Mm. So maybe mm-hmm. what we can put up is is pride or some version of that, because the shame of being captured was so great. I think at the time, right? Her, yeah, I guess Cleopatra's ego. Cleopatra's ego. Yeah, but do we want a victim blame here? It feels a little victim blaming, you know. Totally, but I guess yeah, and I guess we're not talking about the actual. The actual death, more so the culprits of what led what? to this led finale. to the situation. Gotcha. And she if probably gonna wasn't that- going to survive for much longer. No. Yeah. Way. Right. I I agree. So we have to put Octavian up on the board. Yeah. Yep. And uh. So, okay, this is from History Cooperative. Intriguingly, some ancient sources suggest that Octavia not only orchestrated Cleopatra's demise, but also manipulated events to make her death appear as a suicide. This would have allowed him to claim Egypt without appearing to be a ruthless conqueror. In a political climate ripe with deception and betrayal, could Octavian have been the mastermind behind Cleopatra's untimely death? 
While it's impossible to know, the idea that Octavian manipulated events to his advantage is not entirely implausible, given his well-documented cunning and ambition. Despite losing his most captive, uh, most prized captive, Octavian, who would become Emperor Augustus four years later, held a victory parade back home. He didn't need Cleopatra. It included a pageant of the Egyptian events, but we have no way to know if this was accurate. So it's possible that the story of Cleopatra that we know now was perhaps not accurate. Perhaps it was how Octavian spun it afterwards. And it would have behooved him to let this kind of love story uh, aspect of it play out, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the Romans so that he could be like Mark Antony was a traitor. He fell in love. He was he was lost. Look, at, look what he did. And and they were so in love and, and, and they just weren't thinking straight. And. That would have helped him, I guess, because he wouldn't have been the one who had killed them. He could be mm. like, well, they did it to themselves. Right. Right. Like he should never have married a foreigner. Right. Because right. I, I was just yeah. going to say. Should we put marrying a foreigner? Yeah. It's like, or, or, or otherism. Like, I do think that there was this thing where Mark Antony clearly had a thing for Cleopatra and they, he, Octavian really harped on and sort of used against him this romance uh -huh. which was very much about her being egyptian or her being you know a, a foreigner so i don't know otherism or what do you want to call sure. that we could say xenophobia otherism. xenophobia yes. just good old-fashioned good old-fashioned xenophobia yeah. yeah yeah it could also just Perhaps. be like from a royal's perspective like stepping outside of the like not, hierarchy is not the right word, but like, you know, the chain of, it's kind of a rigid set of rules. So to go outside of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he uh, not staying in his lane or something. <laughs> sure. Are we talking about um, Antony? No, yeah. Cleopatra marrying oh, oh. Antony, right? Causing all the backlash. Mm-hmm. Again, that feels maybe like victim blamey. Right, right, right. right. Well, I'm, I just I, I, yeah. Go ahead, Allison. Oh, I just think that it's Octavian's fault. Yeah, <laughs> just say it out loud. Great, <laughs> easy. He seems to be a real through line. He benefited the most. He became an emperor at the end of all of this. I don't he know. He was one of the most powerful emperors, and yeah. he was note to known to be. Um, Ruthless. I wonder if Cleopatra had, if she had instead of had a relationship, if she if she had a relationship with Oct Octavian, if 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 things would have gone better. It seemed like she, maybe she picked the wrong horse mm. in that triumvirate battle. Oh, interesting. Because then because, when she tried to seduce him, it was too late. He wasn't interested. That's yeah, possible. Mm. We might be writing history a little bit as we go right. here, but we do that sometimes on the Alarmist, and that's okay. <laughs> He could have been like, I see what, what you've done in the past. <laughs> right. I see that you tend to go from one emperor to another. <laughs> or like lily pads for her. She just hops along. Right. I kind of love it. Um, but like they all did that, right? So, But she was the one who was just kind of vilified. Weren't they all they, just marrying different 
siblings and getting killed, killing true. them and power. It's like there's uh, maybe there's a little like sexism in there, or maybe it's just like that was she's a bit of a victim of Octavian's narrative of her. I think you're right when you say that there's a lot of sexism here uh, going on, at least for the stories that are told later, right? Because the uh, these accounts aren't written at the time. It's not written by her. It's not re- right. written by Egyptians. Most of them are written by Romans sure. and men. Um, and we all know how um, the patriarchy really gets, you know, fired up later on in the, <laughs> the years after. Right. And they really, um, they took to this like creating this narrative of Cleopatra that she was a seductress. While I really think that she was just a really good ruler and uh, uh, a diplomat. Like she she had really good mm. instincts. Maybe she was just such a good ruler. Like, and if she were in a man, you know, in a man's world, where and were she a man, she would just be viewed as like a really good ruler, not like some sex crazy seductress. I will go so far as to argue what's wrong with being a great seductress. Right. right? Thank you. Like, why Thank can't you. we use all of our <laughs> skill sets here? Right. Why aren't we, why aren't we being like, Hey, you dumb idiots, stop falling for that. Like all you dumb men, like she's right? doing a good job and you're all eating it up. Exactly. Yes. It's a, it's a power. It, and, mm. And and at the same time, so much energy in history has been put into finding out what Cleopatra looked like. Mm-hmm. That people are obsessed. They will look at these right. coins. They'll they'll try and like recreate these three uh, D like four D mm-hmm. replicas of what she might have looked like because they're like you know she must have been so beautiful that that no everyone was <laughs> falling over her and all of the accounts that were are on paper of the time were that she was like not that beautiful but like she was really charming and good with words. She was educated. She knew nine languages she uh knew how to read and write she right. she, she read a boss. lot do you guys do you guys know the term that the young kids are using this these days called riz no. she had riz she had riz it's like r-i-z when you're able, r-i-z-z uh-huh okay check it out guys i know that i know what this term it's basically when you can smooth talk somebody into liking you, basically. Oh. Charm. Charm. She's got just she's got that riz. Okay. Should we blame too much riz? <laughs> Give him the old rizzle dizzle. <laughs> too much riz. Cleo's much riz. riz. No, I I still just blame Octavian. <laughs> yeah. Allison, Allison's got Octavian right in her sights, but we need to get more things up on the board. Yes. yes. Well, let's put the snake bite up there because as as popular culture dictates, she was apparently, you know, she apparently uh, got bitten by a snake. Do you know this? The asp. The asp. So uh, history, this again from History Cooperative, contemporary text and research suggests Cleopatra was fascinated with venomous creatures and even conducted experiments with various toxins. Possibly she had access to an Egyptian cobra through her connections with snake handlers or animal trainers in her royal court. Yet in Cleopatra's case, there were no signs of struggle or pain. This begs the question, as the queen immune to the venom, was the queen immune to the venom or was the snake simply the most considerate assassin in history? (laughs) This is from Decider. It's unknown how Cleopatra committed suicide, although... uh, uh, many believe she allowed herself to be bitten by 
an Egyptian cobra, otherwise known as an asp. Egyptologist Colleen Darnell gives insight into why the theory is popular, aside from the cinematic value appreciated by filmmakers saying the cobra is a symbol of royalty. So even if the asp wasn't part of of her, her suicide, it was the perfect symbol to represent that she was leaving the world as queen of Egypt. Oh, so perhaps it's more of a, a storytelling device. Mm. There are other accounts here that say that uh, it's perhaps poison. It was a drug cocktail that she took, not a snake bite, because uh, it, apparently the um, the side effects of being bitten by a snake would uh be such that she um would have they are they're very unpleasant it's it, they include vomiting mm. diarrhea and respiratory fl- failure death may occur within 45 minutes but it may might also be Eesh. longer and with uh, uh painful uh, and more painful uh with a painful edema at the site of the bite so there was no signs of that so they sort of didn't they they, they're not hot on the snake bite well yeah i mean either of these let's put them up on the board but again i think it goes back to let's try and figure out exactly who caused this what led her to this because the actual means of her uh doing this right it's not exactly yeah we can't get hung up on it basically we can't i do feel like we need to put up the the Shakespeare's and the the artists and the scholars who created this romanticized story. I don't think mm. they're going to eventually get to blame, but they kind of have confused her history. Mm. I'll just put Shakespeare and Co. like the bookstore in New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we feel? Do we feel like we're missing anything on this board? Is there we have else like we be- Antony being a bad general up right we got it mark we have mark antony but do you want to be that we can definitely be that specific yeah because i feel like bad generaling yeah he was he was losing (laughs) left and right it's true (laughs) if he liked her if he liked her more maybe he should have like done better at war Mm. like put up you know it's like one of those when those pilots they go fly they they fly and they have a little picture of their family there and that's like oh that's what i'm doing it for uh-huh. and then they fly yeah. and they fly really well <laughs> it's like he should have had some version of that with he needed a picture yeah where he's like okay i gotta stay in this battle because i'm sure he was just thinking about partying after like i'm certain <laughs> of it. yeah i also feel like he took that saying uh celebrate your wins a little too seriously like right. yeah <laughs> Um, okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. All right, who's to blame for the death of Cleopatra? Is it family drama, insatiable hunger, hunger for power, Julius Caesar, Mark Antony, Antony's bad and his bad generaling? Wow. <laughs> Party priorities, hangovers, the Roman Empire's insecurities, men's inability to respect women rulers in their own right. Not on this podcast, by the way. Uh, the Battle of Actium, Cleopatra's ego, Octavian, xenophobia, too much riz, the snake bite, or Shakespeare and Co., the store in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to take off right right off the bat. Let's take Cleopatra's ego and too much riz off the board. Sure. I agree. Right? I yeah. mean, if anything, that's probably why she lived as long as she did. Sure, it's true. Yeah, it's and thirty nine is, uh, I mean, pretty old for back then. Yeah, yeah. She Basically, outlived yeah. a lot of her siblings. Yep. Oh yeah. I don't think many of them went past twenty one. There you go. I mean, she was like in a position of power for 20 years. I mean, off and on, but like, that's a long, it's a long run. Yeah. Um, and then what do we do? <laughs> Shakespeare <laughs> mm. and co. I don't think we can retroactively. I don't think so. And I also right. think we should take off the snake bite. Um, like again, going back to, uh, that was sort of just her method. Right. 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 And we're not even sure if it's true. Right. And we're not even true. sure if it's true. true. Hmm. Some of these can fold into each other. 
like party priorities can uh, fold in or, or hangovers falls into party priorities. Sure. And party priorities into Anthony. Mark Antony? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. What um, about um what about xenophobia? I feel like we can fold that into Octavian. Or the Romans emp Roman Empire's insecurities. Sure, sure. Oh, that's interesting. Men's inability to respect women rulers. That falls into Octavian, maybe? Or I don't think it's what led directly to her death. I don't think so, because I feel like they took her seriously, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It might have created the culture at large, but not this specific incident as much. I agree. Antony and his bad generaling. Look, that's a number two for me. You know who's my number one? (laughs) We're just whittling it down. Allison just just sort of waiting, just sort of sit, sit, standing around waiting, just sort of like letting us get to get to Octavian on our mm-hmm. own accord. She's there already. Let's talk. Well, but but before we go there, let's talk about family drama. Yeah. Is there a an argument here that had she had a stable family unit, like some really support, good support back home. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I don't know that anything emanating out of Egypt is what caused her, her death. It all feels like it was coming out of Rome in this crazy time. And I don't know. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, something about her ruling was that I'm pretty sure Egypt was not in a good place when she took the crown from her dad. And no, they didn't like him. They they didn't like him. But then she really grew um Alexandria and and, and she was very vel- beloved by the Egyptians. I think they liked her as a queen. So Yeah, it's definitely an outside force. Yeah. Okay. So we're taking out family drama. We're taking out her insatiable hunger for power? No, that's got to stay on, right? But that's everyone had that blame. hunger. Yeah. It just feels like everyone, every, all the royals were just tripping over themselves to be yeah. or stay in power, right? I guess maybe that's just part of the culture, too. Yes. And I think we can take Julius Caesar off because he actually helped her get back on the throne. It's true. If anything, okay. it's more Antony here. And would that battle be part of Antony's bad generaling? Yes. Yeah. The Battle of Actium. It was a turning point, but I think that um, it wasn't the only thing. I think you're right. And he ditched. That's crazy. When she left, he kind of left with her, went back to Alexandria, left his troops there. Well, he was in a weird place. So he was already, the war was already kind of against him. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he was in a weird place emotionally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. He had to know. choose between his friend and his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're left with Mark Antony, Antony and his bad generaling, the Roman Empire's insecurities, and Octavian. I have to agree with Allison. And yes! I think that. Wow. <laughs> this is huge wow. for me. This is huge. <laughs> 
I mean, you called it early. I'm not sure we've ever ever had a guest call the call it that early. Yeah, it's like the middle middle of the episode. Well, and she's been so politely like yeah. waiting for us to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's been Gracious so patient. Guest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I do. I, I think you've got to send Octavian to the alarmist jail. And I do think you slap Antony and his bad generaling. Okay. You know, because it, it's specifically what... If he had been better at his job, maybe Octavian wouldn't have gained uh, so much power and they could have lived until their 80s and could have had a bunch of children and... I mean, they would have had a huge empire together. So that's on you, Anthony. All right. <laughs> All right. I like she that. She was doing her part. Right. I'm going to call it. Anthony and his bad generaling, you're getting the big slap. Octavian, you're going to the alarmist jail. Woo! Did it. Wow. That alarmist jail is, I mean, about to get hit with a major player. Right? <laughs> I know. It's so true. Imagine you, you're like, oh, you got a new cellmate. And then you, you're like waking up. And you're like, oh, shit. It's Octavian. Yeah. <laughs> the most Augustus, successful rulers. Caesar Augustus. <laughs> Maybe we should put Octavian in the, the new wing of the Alarmist Joe, the Catherine Cook wing. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah, with uh, Charles with and Camilla. Yeah, the other royals. Yeah, he'll do well there. He'll, you know, they'll have yeah. to duke it out. <laughs> Mark Antony's pissed because he wants to party with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I wanted to go there. Um, Allison, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of the death of Cleopatra. Oh, this was a joy. As someone who took Latin for so many years for no reason, it feels like it's finally oh. paying off. <laughs> you this see, that's what... why we couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. Yeah. Our bride. <laughs> <laughs> Happy wedding. Oh, thank you. Yes, have a wonderful wedding. I will You're be right. having winged eyeliner in her nice. eyes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. In the aftermath, although Cleopatra is commonly remembered for her beauty, the true legacy of this leader can't be distilled to just good looks. She was bold, courageous, highly intelligent, and deeply revered by her people. According to her wishes, Cleopatra's body was buried with Antony's, leaving Octavian, later Emperor Augustus I, to consolidate his power in Rome. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash thealarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter, at AlarmistThe. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be revisiting the Titanic and inviting a guest expert to finally get to the bottom of who's to blame. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST.